Welcome to the Life Point Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses and inspires you to reach God's purpose for your life. We kicked off this series last week called Thou Shall Not Sin. How many of you were here last week? Okay, you came back. Cool. That's good. That's good. We're going to dig a little bit deeper today. Hopefully you'll come back next week and um, hear some more about what the Lord is saying through his word. We always unpack the word of God here. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation where we might be saved, right? That's what we have to get inside of us. The word is transformational. So we're going to do it, and we've got some business to attend to. In this series, we, last week, we just began to unpack what, like, what, it, what it means to sin. It's no joke, right? It was, it was pretty, some of you were like, that was pretty heavy last week, but I got a lot of feedback. Here's, here's the feedback that I got is that most of you who are like long-term church people are like, come on, preach it, preach it, right? You want me to shout down and stomp and spit and all this stuff, but um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to preach the truth, right? And that's what we're going to do. And we get the overview of sin, what Paul said. Uh, he basically described it as missing the mark, and I gave you a target, if you will. You have a target, and on that target, when all these concentric circles right in the middle is the Bullseye. Somebody was listening last week. Thanks, babe. That's my daughter. She's always listening. Oh, got me. She's got my back every week. Um, um, there's a bullseye in the middle of your target. If you don't hit the bullseye in your life, you miss the mark. You're sinning. You're like, well, I got pretty close, right? Well, this, is, this isn't grenades. You know what I mean? I don't just lob something up there and hope it blows up and hits something. No, we need a direct, precise, righteous life for the Lord. It needs to be happening. Do we have any kids in the place? I want to make sure that you know that you can check your kids in. Today is a good day to check your kids in because we're going to talk about sex, right? Actually, we're going to talk about sexual sin and sexual immorality. So today's the day to check your kids in. They're waiting for you in the lobby if you, if you need. But everybody has something in your life that you could do, be- do better with. We all have to do better, right? This is it. So if you're not hitting the bullseye, okay, Good for now, but not good, because you got to hit the bullseye, and we're going to work on that, and we're going to talk about some specifics. We looked at Galatians chapter 5 this week, what I'm going to read in just a second. But I think people have decided for themselves for so long what they want to do and what they believe is okay that it's, it's messed us up as a society, and we've gotten progressively worse and worse and worse and worse, right? And so now it's like the cartoons are bad, right? It's cartoons, right? Before it was like Tom and Jerry, you know, and they were devious enough, right? Blowing each other up and tricking and all that bad stuff. But now it's really, really bad. And so what we understand is that we have to get the word inside of us because the word tells us this is the standard. This is how you should live. This is how it should be. You might not like it as much, but it's true for you. So last week I asked you guys, how many of you want the truth? I'm going to ask you again. You guys still want the truth? Let me see. Okay. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to talk about the truth today. I'm going to add something to that. How many of you love the Bible? Okay. How many of you believe the Bible? All of it. Don't raise your hand if you don't believe all of it. Right. Okay. You believe it. That's good because we're going to dive into it today and it's going to challenge most everybody in the room. You see what the problem is, is we have this society, like I said last week, that has just dove into this idea of subjective moral reasoning. You figure out what's good for you and I'll figure out what's good for me. That doesn't work. Doesn't work. It just leaves things utterly chaotic and um, broken, right? I want you to understand something from the outset today as we talk about sexual immorality and sexual sin that I'm not attacking you, but I am attacking sin. And what the Word of God says, 
what the Holy Bible says, that I say it without fear, without trepidation, because the truth, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? That's why we love truth. That's why we love the Word of God. And I want you to understand that God feels the same way about sex today as when this was constructed for you and put down on paper for you. He feels the exact same way. Nothing has changed. Now, society has twisted and distorted and bent and broken everything that we, we know to be right. And so sometimes people don't even know what's right or wrong. That's why I'm here today, to point you to the truth. And so the reason that this is so important is because sin keeps us distant from God. Right? So when you live a life of sin, you are distant from God. One of our chief responsibilities here is to reach people far from God. So I want to reach out. I'm going to love you. I'm going to show you the love of God, hopefully in a way that the world has never, ever shown you. Right? The love of Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you the truth, but I'm going to demonstrate it in a way that I love you. And guess what? Everybody's messed up. Bible's clear on that. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? And all that sin, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That everybody has messed up. Everybody is messed up without Jesus, but we don't have to stay messed up. That he's given us a way to enjoy eternal life. And the, the life that we are to live is a life of holiness. Holiness. And you're like, whoa, that's really, really hard. But that's, that's what we're called to, and it feels like we can't do that. So let me read through Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Read it last week. I'll read it next week too, Lord willing. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, there was a little bit of a murmur there, like, but nobody was like, hallelujah, right? Because it's really tough, right? And, and, and pretty much... Like, if you, had, if you didn't get hit with something in there, like I told you last week, I want to see you after, work, after, the, after the service so you can help me, so you can pastor me. Everybody has something in there, right? We've all cheated before. We've all lied. We've all been envious. We've all been different things inside of here. Maybe not all of them, but certainly some of them. So by our own admission, we're lying, cheating, thieves that need Jesus, right? And so we're discussing not just these things today, but we're going to be very specific about sexual sin today. So I want you to hear this before we go any further. I don't want any hooting, hollering. I don't want any chuckling. I don't want anything. I want to get serious about this because this is the word of God. Listen, if you are addicted to pornography in this room, I love you and I want you here. If you have multiple spouses, I love you and I want you here. If you're living with someone who is not your spouse, I love you and I want you here. If you are gay, I love you and I want you here. If you are trans, I, want you, I love you and I want you here. However, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I don't want anybody, whatever their problem is, whatever their sin issue is, I don't want them to stay where you are. Jesus did not come and hang on a cross and go to the grave and raise in victory so us to continue in our sin. He didn't come that way. He came to deliver us so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Please listen to this entire series, this entire message. Do not close your heart today. The world has told us that, oh, if you, if you think about this issue different than me, then we cannot be friends. 
We cannot. Listen, I have so many discussions with people who are living alternative lifestyles this season. I've learned so much, but guess what? I haven't learned enough. I'm learning. I'm learning. God, teach me so that I can love people better because the world is saying, this is love over here, and it's distorted. And I would say, no, that's not love, right? Let me show you a different kind of love. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's love. And so it's complex, and the world is confusing people, and the word of God brings clarity to it, right? We all grow up in this tense like over-sexualized society, right? It, se- it seems like it. Anyway, my friend John Campbell, he's a, he's a great man. He's a man's man. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1960s. And he's a man's man, right? Linebacker. John Campbell, he's an assistant pastor to my dad in Minnesota. And uh, John Campbell raised two twin boys. And he told me one day, he said, you know, my guy, when I was raising these young guys, it's like all they thought about was sex. And he said, the good thing is there's... Not a lot that a cold shower in the Bible won't fix. You know what I mean? <laughs> get them a cold shower in the Word of God. We're going to sit down. We're going to learn something and get these boys straightened out, right? But here's what we have to know about what God thinks about sex is that he created it. So God has a very, very high view of human sexuality, the highest view. He's the one who put it into place, and he wants it done his way. God does not hate sex. He hates sin. Know that. He hates when we miss the mark in any area. One of the first places in scripture that we go to regarding complex issues is gender, right? Genesis 1.27, the first chapter of the Bible, says that God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God who created them, male and female, he created them. That's two genders. Again, I don't want any hooting and hollering. This is what the word of God says. Yes, that's an amen. So be it. That's how he, d- he did it, right? God beautifully created two genders and sexual intimacy. We broke it, and he wants to fix it. He wants to fix it in our lives. But if you are constantly listening to these people over here and what they think about this issue and not listening to God, you will become more and more twisted. And this is what we've seen. It's a vortex in our society. What started out in the 50s and 60s is like a free love movement. Some of you were around for it. I wasn't there then. But some of you were around in that season, and it's just like free love. And then it was like free love, and then it you know, moved into the, the different things, and more and more devious, and pornography got more and more enriched. And, and it moved from just this free love environment to really, really free love environment. And you sleep with anything. And now we have issues like pansexual, right? And people marrying chandeliers, literally. And chairs, this is how twisted we've become as a society. This is what happens when God takes his hand off. He says, if that's the way you want it, that's how you're going to get it. But in the end, you're not going to want it because it's so confused. God created male and female, and he wants to fix what we have broken. You might want to take some notes and go back and read these passages for yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. When I, when I first started unpacking this, what... What I had literally was like 16 pages of Bible verses. Some of you thought the, the Bible was boring. That's because you don't read it. And uh, it's a very, very interesting book. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Now regarding the questions you have asked in your letter. Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. But it's because there is so much sexual immorality. Each man should have his own wife. And each woman should have her own Husband, it's good to be married, folks. The Bible says the man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, right? It's, it's good. We're not perfect people, but it's good, and we should treat each other right with the love of God inside of our marriages. Verse 3 says the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority 
over his body to his wife. So here's what I want to say about that. Sex is for married folks. Between one man, one woman. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That is it. Sex is for married folks. So if you are having sex and you are not married, the old word for that is fornication. It is not okay. Fornication is the consensual sex between people who aren't married to one another. So yes, it goes beyond just it, but in adultery and other things as well, right? But, but we understand that this is, this is fornication. It is not good for us. Now, I grew up old school church. In old school church, it was like, the kids, right, they're 18 years old, they start having sex because, you know, nobody's watching them, they don't have any accountability, they start doing it. The parents find out, you know what the, the, the solution of the parents was? Got to get them married. And it, it took me a long time to figure out that that wasn't the right answer in all cases. In some cases it was, right? The answer is not to just get them married because you're having sex. The answer is to stop sinning. Stop sinning. So what we had for years and years and years was a bunch of kids sleeping together, and the parents were like, we got to get them married because they're just going to keep on doing it, right? And then we get them married, and these guys find out two, three, four, five, six years later, I don't even like you. I just liked sleeping with you, and I don't even like that anymore. And we have a whole bunch of people divorced, my friends, that I grew up, that I went to youth camp with, pastor's kids, Right? You ever know about, think about pastor kids? Oh, it's always two. Uh, I'm a pastor's kid, so you'll hear two options. Oh, you're going to be a pastor or, or you're the demon. You know, they only give you like two options, right? It's like, that's it? Those are the only options I got in life? How about I just, you know, serve God and wherever he takes me, right? But it's a deal. So it's not necessarily just get people married. So if you are living this life today, if you're out there just chasing boys or girls or whatever, you're chasing, stop it if you're not married. Stop it. Ladies, listen, let me talk to you. Let me tell you something so clear. Young ladies, old ladies too. <laughs> My goodness, man, we got to hit everybody, you know. <laughs> Stop giving yourself away. You are valuable. Your body is valuable. God gave it to you. He wants you to take care of it. Stop giving it away. Men, stop trying to take it. Get some self-control in your life. And it's not only the men, right? Some ladies, too. Seriously, you, you guys need to get yourselves under control. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? That's where you, we, Galatians 5, we read that. Nobody's like, oh, I don't want to read that. Can't we just read Galatians 5, 22? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and Self-control. Can we just talk about that? But you don't really want to talk about self-control. That's why we're living this way. That's why we have to talk about this. We have a whole society of people who have no self-control. We're lustful people. Lust just means I want it now. I don't want to wait. I want it now. Right? Verse 5 says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual in intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. If you're going to get married, folks, right, one man, one woman, if you're married and for a time, probably a short time, you want to stop so that you can seek God in prayer. If there's anybody in here doing that right now, I would be surprised. <laughs> Again, if you're doing this, if you're 
cutting that part out of your life so that you can get closer to God. Again, I want you to come help me with my life and uh, speak to me, you know. You know, I've listened to people over and over again for years and years say the bed is undefiled in marriage. And I've watched people who say that. I've watched their lives crumble because they've manipulated and twisted things. They brought things into the bedroom that shouldn't have been there. But the bed is undefiled in marriage. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about your deviant behavior. It's not talking about your sinful thoughts inside of this, trying to act out your ways in the bedroom. That's not what it's talking about. He said, keep it pure, keep it holy. Yes, if you're married, have a ton of sex. <laughs> do it well, do it often, right? This is how it should be. But, but if you're not, then you should stop it right now. Verse 6 says, I say this as a concession, not as a command, but I wish that everyone were single just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. We've allowed society to dumb down sex. I'm going to read from you from a passage of uh, this book. You hear me quoted often here. It's called Money, Sex, Power by Richard Foster. It's out of print now. It's just an amazing book. He breaks this down in sexuality and spirituality. Um, they're, not, they're not enemies. They're friends, right, by the way. By the way, God, again, God created human sexuality to be done right in a way. But he says that, that we, some people it's like, oh, we, we're doing too much with sex. He says just the opposite. He says the problem with topless bars and pornographic literature of our day is not that they emphasize sexuality too much, but that they do not emphasize it enough. They totally eliminate relationship and restrain sexuality to the narrow confines of the genitals. They have made sex trivial. And this is why, I'm serious, no laughing, this is a serious matter. This is why we have apps like Tinder. People have zero interest in getting to know who you are. They literally just want to sleep with you. They want to connect with their genitals only. My God, how far we've come. Maybe some of you right now, you're sitting there and you've got somebody in your phone who you know is, God forgive me for this, but a booty call. Stop it. Go in there and delete that name. Maybe even right now, go in there and just clear it out. Clear it out. No more. No more. No more. That's not going to happen anymore. The world has dumbed it down. And, and again, it's not just young people, it's old people. And, and to be honest, when I moved down here, it's just really to South Florida. I moved to West Palm first, and it just became so complex. It's like, you don't even know who's married. I don't even know who's married, partly because of culture. Some of you are Latino, and some Latinos don't change their name when they get married. That's confusing. You know what I mean? Maybe not for you guys. For me, it's confusing when I'm trying to figure this out. And then we got some people who, who like, aren't married, but they're living together. And, and so they would come up like, this is my wifey. Not my wife, but my wifey, right? It's like we're, we're cohabitating for the last 15 years, and you know, everything's pretty good so far, so we're just going to keep it like that because we don't want to mess things up. I'm like, my God, man, let's, get it, let's do something. Let's sit down and talk, and we'll get you married. And so here's what I want to do. I think you're going to make it. You've been together for 25 years. I think there was a couple I married in here. My wife was with me that day. 50 years. 50 years I married them on their anniversary of 50 years. God bless you. God bless you. 50 years they were together. 
started attending church, God touched their life, got married. That's right. That's, that's what God wants to do in our lives. So I don't care how long you've been together. If you're supposed to be married, get married. Listen, here's what I will commit to, to you. I will do the wedding. I mean, it won't cost you a thing. In fact, we'll do a mass wedding here if you want to. We'll marry 50, 60 couples. We'll get people's lives right if you want to do it. Let me know. Let's do it. Don't let this fall away, right? Again, the goal is not to get married. The goal is to stop sinning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, hang with me. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds like Galatians 5, doesn't it? All these things stick out to me, but I wanted to hit this thing of prostitution. And this area is littered with it. I think we're all aware of that. Here's what, here's what I, like I would have a heart for. I, would, I wish a, a ladies would, would get a hold of this in such a way that the women of our church that would be so on fire with the Holy Spirit that they would go out in, in teens and begin to love these women on the streets and show them the love of Jesus and say, you don't have to do that anymore. God will set you free from your drugs. And there is another option for you. I wish that we would have there and quit judging and, and, and just go after them with the love of Jesus because it's super easy to drive by and go, oh, God, help them. I can't go over there and minister to them, right? But ladies, maybe, maybe you should get together and form something and show that kind of love to people. But check this out. Because some of you are like, love, love to look over there and like super judgeful. And we've, we've kind of like limited the prostitution thing to like, that's, that's that over there. But prostitution is, uh, some of you are really doing that right now. Right? Remember the movie Indecent Proposal? Man, that thing's probably 25 years old. We're well beyond that now. Guy could come up to you and say, hey, would you, would you sleep with me for $10? You'd probably smack him in the face. You say, would you sleep with me for $10 million? Like, huh? What's prostitution? We're just negotiating. What is that in your life that you're negotiating with? God gave you a body. It's his body. Verse 11 says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right by, with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. We said it last week. The answer is Jesus. Paul said, how, how, how am I going to do this? How is this going to happen? And he says, thank God. The answer is Jesus, right? Thank God. Verse 12 says, you say that I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And, and even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and stomach for the food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sex, sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. You Listen, you were made for the Lord. Your body was made for the Lord to give glory to the Lord, to worship the Lord. You need to understand it about yourself. So when you're not doing that, you are in sin. Verse 14 says, and God will raise us from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. 
And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For scripture says the two are united in one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is in one spirit with him. If, if you are unmarried, then you're married to Jesus. That's it. I mean, you don't start messing around. You're going to get yourself in a jam. And everybody has, has temptations. We are to, to flee from temptation, to run from it. Jim Elliott said, unwillingness to accept God's way of escape from temptation frightens me. What a rebel yet still resides. So if you continue to, to oh, I'm just going to, it's the line. I see the line. I'm just going to get close to the line. I'm not going to step over the line. We're not really going to sleep together. We're just going to lay in the bed together. God, you know that's dumb, right? It's just dumb. I don't like to say the word stupid or dumb, but man, I'm not, that's, smart people make mistakes. Stupid people make the same mistake over and over again, right? Verse 19, do you, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? It was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. A high price. Jesus came while you were still messed up, all messed up, and demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross, right? So you must honor God with your body. And every time you do that, it's a victory. Frederick Faber said, every moment of resistance to temptation is a victory. It's a victory. So what do you do? Sometimes we slip and fall, and we're really good at, like, beating ourselves, uh, sometimes beating ourselves up. Man, I'm such a, oh, amazing grace, how sweet this sound. I saved a wretch like me. We love the wretch part if we're really trying to live for it. Oh, God, uh, you know, but when you have a victory in your life, you should stop and celebrate that. Not you. Celebrate God that he helped you actually do something right so that you would strengthen that. Say, my God, I did something well. Thank you for helping me, God. I couldn't have done it by myself, but you've given me the strength, right? But we do fall. Set up to fall. Some of you set yourself up to fall. Romans chapter 1 deals with this. It says, God's anger at sin. Verse 18 says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. We're making it pretty obvious today. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, instead, they became utter fools, and instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired, and as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Our world is choosing to live outside of the blessings of God. This is what he's saying. He's saying God, God is removing the blessing. Listen, if God is pouring out his blessings, don't freak out. It's just concrete. If God is pouring out his blessings here, who doesn't want the blessings? Is there anybody who here who doesn't want the blessings of God? Right? 
No, that would be ridiculous. Of course we want the blessings of God, and yet he's pouring out. He's like, they're over here, and you're over here. Wondering why your life isn't blessed. Because you're, you're pulling around and like, yeah, yes, this is shiny and it's curvy and it feels good and it smells good and I like it. But God is always better. His blessings are always better than the shiny, curvy things of this world. I promise you that. And so when you live outside of the covering and, and like not under the spout where the glory comes out, right? Old school church, right? That you would live without the covering of God. That should not be an option for you. Living without the covering of God should not be an option for you, but our world is choosing that. Maybe some of you are choosing that in your life. Living for God is your number one concern. Anything less than that is stepping out on him. Stepping out is a horrible term. Some of you have experienced that in your relationship here spouse has stepped out. It's like, my God, that's so hurtful. Imagine God. It's a whole book dedicated to a man marrying a prostitute in the Bible. God said, go marry this prostitute. And she just keeps on going back to this trade. And he's like, Wah! and it's heavy. In fact, one of the kids, lo I mean, means it's not my kid. My God, that's heavy. question we need to be asking ourselves today is like, are we even trying to obey God? Are we even trying to hear his word at all? Or have we just totally dismissed it to do whatever we want? Verse 25 says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural way to have sex and indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Listen, yes, we're going to talk about homosexuality. Gender and homosexuality and all of this is just one of the most complex issues in our world. For years, the, the world, as I said it to you earlier, the world has been trying to drive a wedge between us and saying, if you tell me what's in here, then you don't love me. In fact, you hate me. That's a lie. I'm telling you what's in here because I care, because I love you. People are wounded on all sides. There's people in the church, we've been, been to church forever, and you feel like the church has abandoned the word of God, and, and maybe some churches have. This church hasn't. We're always going to stay connected to the word of God. But listen, listen, listen. Some churches maybe have. They maybe said they just got soft on some issues. Maybe I don't know. I don't, I, I can't, I'm not the pastor of those churches. I'm the pastor of this church. And, and maybe you just, maybe that's you. Maybe you're just out there and you just feel like, man, I want somebody to just stand up and tell the truth. Well, we're telling the truth. We're also loving people. And maybe you're sitting out there today and you struggle with same-sex attraction. Maybe since as long as you can remember. Maybe you feel beat up. Maybe you've been beat up by the church. Maybe nobody even cared to know your name. They just looked at you and began to judge you. 
And for that, I'm sorry. That's pharisaical behavior, and I'm sorry. No, I am purposed to tell you the truth. But I am here to love you as well. Somehow we went from something that the word says is not right to it's okay to now you have to celebrate this and it's no worse than anything else any other sin it's sin it's hard it's really bad on your body we see that in there it's for it's forbidden in scripture it's a sin it's a sin it needs to be dealt with and I know there's all these cute little phrases that we can put up on memes and say, some people say, I was born this way, and other people have these cute sayings. I'm not going to do any of that today. The Bible calls it unnatural. He has a better plan for us. So that tells us that the choices have to be made. But if you're dealing with that issue today, if you're dealing with same-sex attraction or, or gender dysphoria or anything like that, I want to tell you that I'm committed to, to walk this with you, to sit and hear your story. Your story matters, every detail of it. And I can't, like, like it, it doesn't just happen like right here in the lobby, you know, over a 30-second conversation. No, I want to hear your story. You matter. And if nobody took the time to listen to your struggle, I, I commit to you, we will do that. We will do that with you. Choice has got to be made may have natural proclivities towards this or that. You say, man, I've, I just have a tendency towards whatever. Maybe you're a guy who likes guys and you just have always felt that. And it doesn't give you the excuse to sleep with them. Maybe you're a guy who likes girls and you're married. It doesn't give you the excuse to sleep with all the other girls. Standard is holiness. Choices must be made. Verse 28 says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should have never done before. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning in their they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Hebrews 10, 26 says that if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice. You've been told today. What you do with this information is up to you. I'm giving you the truth. I'm giving you love too. I love you. I want you here. I just don't want anybody, whatever, whatever your condition is, I don't want you to stay the same. James 14, remember, is a, uh, James 4.17, it is, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and to not do it. It's a sin. Stand with me real quick, but, but hang on tight. I've got, I, I've got, you've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. Richard Foster, again, this book, Money, Sex, Power. He says there's two situations 
where, where people feel no shame. There's only two situations, right? The first one is in complete godly holiness. And the second one is in illusion. That means you've told yourself for so long that this thing is okay that you just lost. You don't even know you're lost. Stumbling around in the darkness, you're lost. Lost, confused, blind, and spiritually whole. Those are the only two ways to, to not feel shame. I want you not to feel shame in your life. I want you to feel the overwhelming love of God in your life every single day. And listen to this. I don't care how you came in here today that much. I very much care how you leave. Very much. Anybody that's been close to me this week knows that I've had a tension about this because I want, I want the Holy Spirit to dig into your hearts and change you in ways that nobody in this room can do. That you would experience his love and understand that he is better. And listen to this. The liberating power of the Holy Spirit is bigger than any sexually immoral chain in your life. It's bigger. You don't need me. You need him. Would you bow your heads together with me? Father, we thank you. Lord, we sure do make a mess of things. You lay things out so clearly for us. You give us your word to follow. Send us your son Jesus to model for us the right behavior, a righteous and holy life. You send people in our lives who have told us the truth, who are guiding, who are directing. You gave us the Holy Spirit who fills with power and strength and corrects and guides and always walks by our side. And yet we still fumble it sometimes for that. We're sorry. We're sorry. Listen, nobody's looking around in this room. Just keep your heads bowed, but maybe you've, you've just been chasing the opposite sex for so long. It's just, it's just something you struggle with. And maybe you're addicted to pornography or Maybe you have same-sex attraction or you're dealing with identity, uh, gender dysphoria, anything like that. Whatever, whatever it is today, the power of the Holy Spirit is here today. Something about saying, I, I'm dealing with that. Nobody's looking around. If you, if you want to get better with that, if you want to receive healing in your life, or it says, hey, would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. I see the hands. I see them. This is your moment. I know you're thinking that. Like, nobody's going to see me. No, nobody is. God sees you already. He wants you. He just wants you. Don't put down your hands. Maybe for so long you've told yourself that this is, this is okay. You're, 
heart is hardened. God wants to soften that today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring your conviction on people. And we would feel again. Maybe for so long you haven't felt anything, but you're going to start feeling again. You're going to start feeling guilt and shame. And there's only one place to have that alleviated, and that is by giving your life to Christ and saying, help. Holy Spirit, help us. Bring your healing across this room, across our church, across our world. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our spiritual backbone in this next season constant encroachment on the things that, that we are to stand for. Lord, we're not going to be sh- shifted. We're not going to come off. We're not ashamed of your gospel. We're not ashamed of your truth, Lord. Get a, help us to get a deep inside of us. Give us a hunger for your word. Give us a deep prayer life and a commitment to you. Father, we believe in our hearts. We confess with our mouth that you are our Lord and Savior. Savior, and I need a Lord. Be the Lord of everything in my life. Your way, God. God, I'm thankful for these people. I know you're looking out for them. I know you're teaching. I know you're instructing right now, Holy Spirit. I know you're guiding. I pray that that would only intensify in this church as we go towards you. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together. Thank you for tuning into today's message. You can also watch this message on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church Homestead. We hope you have a blessed week.